The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by Delta. At Delta Airlines, we're committed to donating 1% of our net profits to charities around the world. For more information about Delta, visit Delta.com. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Wednesday, June 13th. In today's news, Paul Ryan schedules a vote on competing immigration bills for next week. A top Justice Department lawyer resigns in protest because the Trump administration won't defend Obamacare in court. And President Trump insists that North Korea no longer poses a nuclear threat. But first, the big idea. Mark Sanford's primary loss shows why congressional Republicans won't cross Trump. Mark Sanford survived the fallout from his hike on the Appalachian Trail, but he couldn't survive the backlash to his past criticisms of President Trump. The South Carolina congressman, once seen as a credible contender for the presidency, lost the Republican primary on Tuesday in his bid for re-election to the House. He's opposed the president's tariffs on steel and aluminum, called on Trump to release his tax returns, and faulted him for fanning the flames of intolerance. His challenger, Katie Arrington, successfully framed the contest as a referendum on the president, and an 11th-hour endorsement from Trump himself may have gotten her across the finish line. She won by about 4%, or 2,500 votes. One of Arrington's commercials described Sanford as a never-Trumper and included a montage of clips featuring him criticizing the president during cable news appearances. The president's partially to blame for demons that have been unleashed. You describe the president as misleading, even unprepared for the office of president. The guy said something stupid. Enough is enough. How can Arrington tied herself to Trump in every single one of her ads. I want to go to Congress to support President Trump's bold conservative agenda for a stronger America. In the final days of the race, Sanford tried to link himself to Trump. He noted in his ads and during the final debate that he supported Trump's agenda about 90% of the time. More often, he said, than he agrees with his brother or sister. But in his concession speech on Tuesday night, Sanford said splitting with the president is what cost him re-election. But I stand by every one of those decisions to disagree with the president because I didn't think it, at the end of the day, was either concurrent with the promises I made when I first ran for office or the voices of the very people the first district that I represent. This upset is the latest proof point that personal loyalty to Trump has become a litmus test in the GOP. It also helps explain why so few Republicans have been willing to break with the president even when he drifts far afield from conservative orthodoxy on trade, national security, and so many other issues. And Sanford's defeat will likely have a chilling effect going forward. GOP lawmakers who might otherwise be inclined to publicly speak out about Trump's policy pronouncements or his personal character will be deterred because of Sanford's loss. It took just six minutes after Air Force One touched down at Andrews Air Force Base after a 23-and-a-half-hour journey back to Washington from his summit with Kim Jong-un in Singapore, for Trump to dance on Sanford's political grave. While still sitting on the tarmac, the president of the United States tweeted that his political representatives didn't want him to get involved in the Sanford primary because they thought Sanford would win. But Trump tweeted, quote, Sanford was so bad, I had to give it a shot. No ambitious Republican wants to be the next Sanford, or Jeff Flake, or Bob Corker, three Republicans who are being run out of Congress at the end of this year because of Trump apostasy. Historians may wind up treating these men as profiles in courage, 
But for now, they're cautionary tales. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar this hump day. Number one, the House will vote next week on two competing immigration bills after a discharge petition from Republican moderates failed to receive the number of signatures required to force a vote on bipartisan legislation. Next week, the House will vote on a conservative bill tilted toward hardline positions. Then they'll vote on a compromise bill between the hardliners and the moderates. It's still being worked out, and the details aren't out there yet. But it will offer permanent legal status for young undocumented immigrants known as DREAMers and an eventual pathway to citizenship. Without the leverage of a discharge petition, though, there's less reason for the more conservative Republicans to vote for a bill that would effectively offer amnesty to hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants. But nonetheless, this is a victory for House Speaker Paul Ryan and other GOP leaders who feared that unleashing a wide-ranging immigration debate in the midst of primary season could carry unpredictable consequences for their already fragile Republican majority. In related news, the Trump administration is now looking to erect tent cities along the southern border to house thousands of unaccompanied migrant children who are being taken away from their parents. For potential locations of shelters, the Department of Homeland Security is looking at an army base near El Paso, as well as Air Force bases in Abilene and San Angelo. The aggressive plan is the result of child shelters filling up because so many kids are being stripped away from their parents as part of Trump's new zero-tolerance policy at the border. The number of unaccompanied migrant children held in U.S. government custody has surged more than 20% over the past month. Number two, a senior government lawyer has resigned in protest over the administration's refusal to defend Obamacare in court. Joel McElvain has worked at the Justice Department for more than 20 years. His decision came the morning after Attorney General Jeff Sessions notified Congress that the agency will no longer defend the Affordable Care Act against lawsuits from Republican states. The announcement reversed years of legal work McIlvain and the department have performed on the issue. He and his team were even honored a few years back with the Attorney General's Award for Exceptional Service for their work defending the legislation in court. The Supreme Court, by the way, upheld Obamacare twice. Meanwhile, many GOP strategists are privately hoping that the Obamacare challenges being led by Texas and 19 other Republican states fails because they're afraid that they'll lose their majorities in Congress if people with pre-existing conditions lose coverage in mass right before the fall elections. This could happen if Texas and the other states win their lawsuit. Number three, Trump tweeted this morning that, quote, there is no longer a nuclear threat from North Korea, but many questions remain about the substance of the agreement he signed with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. Experts across the ideological spectrum agree that the new commitment to denuclearize is actually more vague and even weaker than the 2005 joint statement that North Korea signed and a 1992 inter-Korean joint denuclearization declaration. The brief document provides virtually no detail beyond a stated commitment to denuclearize, a promise that Pyongyang has made and ignored repeatedly in the past. Furthermore, there was no mention of a declaration of North Korea's nuclear assets, which normally precedes any kind of arms control negotiation or uh, timelines or deadlines or inspections and verification. And now North Korean state media is claiming that Trump promised both to halt the military exercises that the U.S. does with South Korea and lift the sanctions against Kim's regime, something Trump has said publicly he did not agree to. 
This is one of the problems with the president not wanting a note taker in the room for his conversation with Kim. Trump's unexpected pledge to halt those U.S.-South Korean military exercises, which he made publicly and described as war games during that news conference after the summit, touched off another day of chaos on Capitol Hill. Many lawmakers asserted that the joint drills will continue despite Trump's announcement that they won't. Senator Cory Gardner, a Republican from Colorado, said Vice President Mike Pence privately assured Senate Republicans during a lunch that the exercises with South Korea will continue despite the president's announcement. But a Pence spokeswoman denied Gardner's account. And that's The Daily 202 for Wednesday, June 13th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. I'll talk to you tomorrow.